Welcome to the Master Your Genius Podcast with Keith Cornies. Listen in and learn as he coaches entrepreneurs to master their genius. Here's your host, Coach Keith. Hey everybody, how you doing? It's Coach Keith. You're about to watch an episode with Claire Lambert. Claire is a client of mine that I've been working with, so there's a bit of a review of what she's learned and taken away from the coaching, and then we go into a coaching session where she changes a limiting belief, she gets refocused and realizes that she needs to prioritize some things in her life to get focus and clarity, and I think you'll really enjoy this session. Because Claire is a client, she already knows the process and answers the questions quickly and you know there's some pauses for thought and stuff and you'll see the whole coaching process here which is kind of fun so it's actually about a 10 15 minute little interview to talk about the amazing things and claire you'll be inspired by her story because it's very powerful and then we go into a coaching session where she comes away with an action that she's going to put into place and all the obstacles that are going to get in the way so enjoy this it's a great listen and i hope you enjoy watching it Hey everybody, how you doing? Coach Keith here, and this is Claire Lambert. How are you doing, Claire? I'm doing great, thanks. Excellent. This is a bit different because Claire is a client of mine, and we've been working together for a couple years now. Yep. Claire was a realtor at one of my brokerages, and she's moved to her lovely city of Port Moody, yep. which she loves. Which I love, and I can literally walk to work, which is amazing. <laughs> it's 165 steps. Yeah, brilliant, <laughs> right? It's a lifestyle choice. Yeah, and you know, it, heart, it broke my heart when you left, but I got through that, and we mended, and here we are now. Yeah, we are. Through the process, you know, as a coach, life coach, business coach, we've covered all areas of life. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell... Everyone out there, maybe some of the big learnings, takeaways, or bonuses that you've got from the process? Well, I think when I started the process, I was on a team, did group coaching, and then I got into your process of the one half hours or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think I initially thought that it was just going to be based on business and real estate. I'd never been self-employed before, learning that skill set as well as just being a single parent and just trying to survive. But I didn't realize the impact of how personal it would become and how all of these things that I've learned from you have helped me become the person that I am now, and I continue to grow. But more as an individual, because without being a healthy individual, um, your business is going to you're Same. the center of everything, right? Yeah, your relationships, your children, your work, everything's the same. Yeah. I would say I just got you back to you. Yeah, I think it took me a long time to find me because I'd been through a lot. And you're pretty awesome. And now you're crushing it, right? Life's good. Life's you're making good. great decisions. Mm-hmm. Just lots of great things going on. Actually, you just posted a picture of your daughter winning awards at the horse show, right? Yeah. And I remember the first day that you struggled to get her there financially and you didn't, you know, didn't have the vehicle and all, all kinds of things yeah. way back then. Well, it was, you know, when I first started in real estate, which was only five years ago, mm-hmm. that I was worried that my hydro would be cut off. In fact, it had been cut off twice. Mm-hmm. So... I'm not killing it, as in financially. I feel like I'm comfortable and I've got everything covered. But I'm just grateful for all of that, and I feel like the rest of it will just naturally become that way. Like I mentioned, I'm doing most of it on my own parenting, mm-hmm. as well as trying to work on not my own trying, career. Not trying. Working as on working on your own career. So. so some great stories about Claire. Claire's kind of a, um, what do you call the kind of competitions you do for athletics? Is it extreme athletics almost? Uh, well, ultra marathoning <coughs> mm-hmm. was my 
was my thing. I'm a little injured right now, but uh, yeah, that was my thing for a number of years. So through running, I've learned how to just, it's all about accountability and never regretting a workout and knowing you can do it. And just it's, you know, with the races that I was doing, you were given a 10 hour time frame that you're allowed to, to do it in. And I feel that it was 90% mental and 10% in my head. Mm-hmm. I truly believe that. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel that it's also helped me with my business, too. 90% in your head, 10% physical, right? Is that what you're meaning? No, or? no. I actually, well, I, when I was doing it, I was, I was a healthy bodied, yes. right? So I knew that if I could mentally get through it, I was mm-hmm. capable of doing it. Well, isn't that what it's all about? Like when I talk to you about tapping into your full potential and we're only operating at 10, 15, 20%, it's that pushing through the uncomfort, the pain that you had to push through in extreme sports, you know, in those races. I love the story about how you decided you're going to go for your first run and you just started running and you ran till you basically almost passed out because you didn't eat and you weren't prepared for it. Right. I was married at the time. We were very financially strapped, mortgage poor. I had started running because we could not financially afford for me to play soccer anymore. So it was either pay a bill or I got my check back from the spring league. So I got the check back because it's a responsible thing to do. I was not working at the time. And I started running, and I would run a five-block radius, and I would walk-run it until I was able to run the whole thing without stopping. And I was a little bit overweight. So I thought, well, if I could just do that, then maybe that I'll feel better. I'd do the five blocks, and once I got to the five blocks, I'd add two blocks, and I'd add two blocks. And I kept on doing this until I could run a long distance, and I ran up to 18K on my own. Mm -hmm. And when I got home, I felt totally nauseous and sick. I was slurring, et cetera. That evening, I had gone to the Safeway. It was pouring rain, and I saw the running room there, and I just walked in, and I just thought I'd just have a wander around. And when I was in there, I said to the guy, oh, you know, I went for a run today, and, and I said I was feeling sick. I felt like I was drunk. And he said, well, what did you fuel with? And I said, well, I had a cup of tea before I left. <laughs> and uh, so he's like, no, no, you've got you've to eat properly. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. There's a science to it. And I thought, oh. So, like I said, we didn't have much money, and so it was December, and I said, well, do you have any groups? And he said, well, we have, um, yeah, we've got different groups that you can do. There's a 5K, there's a 10K, there's a half marathon, there's a marathon. And I said, oh, we'll do the marathon clinic. And he asked me how many halves I'd done, and I said I hadn't done any. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, you need to learn how to properly train so that you can actually do a marathon. It takes a couple of years to, to get to that level. So I said, oh, okay. So I was kind of humming and hawing. I thought, well, if my mom buys me a pair of shoes and my dad buys me a watch and my husband buys me this clinic, maybe I can do it. I said, how much is the half marathon clinic? And he said, it's $69.99. And I said, oh, okay, well, that sounds doable. And so I was walking out the door and it was really bugging me about the marathon clinic because I thought he's telling me that I can't do it, right? Mm-hmm. And so as I was walking out the door, I remember turning around and asking him how much the marathon clinic was. And he said it was $69.99. And I said, but you get to run twice as far. Like, that seems like such a ripoff. <laughs> so needless to say, I, I signed up for that. And, and then five months later, whatever, I ran the marathon. So. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. And it just speaks to who you are, too, right? Good. You have, you know, there's so much and you're so humble when you talk about yourself. But community work, what are some things that you're doing in your community that you find fulfilling? Well, I moved to Fort Moody five years ago, which is when I got my license, and I really didn't have a platform of friends of my own. Mm -hmm. And so I was sitting at home a lot by myself because the kids were small, and they had a few friends in the neighborhood. 
And I thought maybe I should just try and give back, even though I financially can't at this time. I feel like I've had a, a hand up quite a few times in my life, mm -hmm. luckily, from other people. Maybe I could give back in time. Mm -hmm. And maybe I could meet a few people. Mm -hmm. So I joined the Rotary Club of Port Moody. It was the best decision I've ever made. Mm -hmm. We meet Wednesday mornings at 7 a.m. It doesn't affect my children's life, besides the fact that they have to walk to school on Wednesdays. I've met hundreds of people. Doing something like that, you're in a community of people where most of them have skill sets from businesses of their own. We have lawyers, judges, you know, self-employed people. There's one other realtor in my group. There's a mortgage broker. There's a few other people. It's just different minds coming together from different platforms of life. They've all had different experiences with kids or not kids or whatever. The common goal is just to help the community. So as a real estate agent, it's just brilliant because you're learning about your own community, you're working within the community, you're being seen in the community doing good things. Yeah. And I do it because I want to, not because... Yeah, of course. Awesome. So, you know, I think everyone's got a good feel of who you are now. You've got a lot of spunk, a lot of drive, single mom, courageous, crushing it, having your own career, entrepreneur, working in the community, running races, training in the morning, and yet you're so humble all about that. So let me ask you this question. On a scale of 1 to 10, how happy and content are you in your life right now? That's a good question. Let's say seven and a half. Sure. And what's going well that has you at a seven and a half? What are the good things that are happening for you? The kids are doing well. Mm -hmm. I've got a healthy family. I'm healthy-ish uh, <laughs> physically. Mentally, I feel like I'm doing really well. Mm -hmm. You're mentally strong right now? Yeah. Good. Yeah, I don't think that there's too much missing. I think that what is not or what I could improve on well, we're not finished with the oh, successes. Okay. <laughs> is there more successes there? You're mentally strong, healthy family, kids are good. What else is going good in your life right now? Business is going pretty well. Mm -hmm. Pretty well, eh? <laughs> not pretty good, well. but pretty well. Hey, we're not Can a 10. Always, we're yeah, seven exactly. and a half. <laughs> good, exactly. So good. Okay. So now my next question is, is what feelings are you having that have you not at a full 10? So what does the 2.5 represent in your feelings? Patience. So are you frustrated? A little bit. Okay. What are you focusing on when you're frustrated? Probably focusing on the negative outcome, meaning that am I working for nothing? Obviously, at the end of the day, you want to do two things as a realtor. You want to get people in homes that they want to be in. Mm -hmm. You want to get them out of situations that they shouldn't be in. Mm -hmm. And I want to make money and provide for my family. Okay. Okay, let me ask you a question. It's a yes or no question. No negotiating. Are you working for nothing? No. So what are you working for? I'm working for my why, mm -hmm. which is living the life that I want to live. With the thought. And that's awesome that you're living the life that you want to live, hey? Let's just recognize that. With the thought, am I working for nothing? How do you approach the day with that thought? You know what I do is I have my books that I write in every day with my little triangle, and as soon as I've done that task, I color it in, which seems ridiculous, but it's very gratifying having triangles that are all filled in by the end of the day. I do my weekly pie charts. So I'm going to ask you the question again. Okay. <laughs> I missed it. I know what you're doing. What? But with the thoughts, is this all for nothing? Imagine if you start a race thinking this is all for nothing. How would you run the race? How would you push through the walls? How would you get through that point, go through the pain? I wouldn't do it. Right. But if you say it's for something 
and that something is to live the best life I want, how would you do in that race? I'd kill it. Right. So this thought of a negative future outcome, we have to make sure that that thought doesn't continue. You have like 80, 100,000 thoughts a day, and this one is prevalent, and it's creating frustration. What other feelings do you think that thought would be creating? A negative outcome. Some anxiety, worry. Yeah. Yeah. Some fear, some sadness, some anger. What else would be in there? I think anxiety is the number one thing that I struggle with. Awesome. And anxiety can just be this thought that, you know, the brain's job is to survive and it needs to predict a negative future. And if you don't feel you're taking the right actions, it'll start worrying and that's its job. So it's been proven and you can watch. It's a TED Talk. I can't remember what it was called. It was a neuroscientist who said, just by saying to yourself, I'm stressed and in anxiety, allows the brain to know that you're acknowledging it and some of that anxiety goes away. Anxiety builds up and builds up, as we've talked about before. So it would be great if we could live at a 7.5 out of a 7.5. Yeah. Unfortunately, the 2.5 is where most of us live. So the idea is, is to refocus by changing the language. And the language, am I doing this for nothing? That probably makes you mentally tired. And the patience is, is you want something now. What do you want now? I feel like I do the same sort of thing daily. I feel like a bit of a hamster on a wheel sometimes. Sure. So if that hamster jumped off that wheel and was free in the forest running, where would it be going? What do you want? Well, I think I'm afraid of rejection. So you want more of something that you're not asking for because you're afraid of rejection. What do you want more of that you're afraid to ask for? Well, that sounds personal. <laughs> no, I'm well, just kidding. Let's not go there. I'm just then kidding. If you don't want no, to go um, I think. Well, for one thing, I guess business. Sure. And another thing would be love. Okay. So right now you're operating at a seven and a half, and when you are focused on living the life that you want to live, instead of you know, am I doing this for nothing? No, I'm doing it for the life I want to live. And right now I'm a little impatient because I'd like more business and more love in my life. Yeah. Let's talk about the love. Let me ask you, how can you get more love in your life without having anybody else in your life? I feel like right now I'm doing, I'm living a full life for me. How can you get more love in your life without anybody else being in there? I don't know. So where's it got to come from? Well, I'm assuming the word would be within, but I don't know. Okay, so if you were to get more love from within for yourself and have more love in your life, what would you do that you're not doing now? Probably push myself on the accountability that I probably kind of ignore. So if you're extreme and accountable with yourself, that'll bring more love to your life. (laughs) That doesn't sound right to me. So if you were to look within and have more love in your life without anybody else, how could you love yourself a little bit more? On a scale of one to 10, 10 out of 10, you love yourself. One out of 10, you don't. Where are you at? I feel like I'm probably an eight. Good. And if you're at a nine, what could you do to love yourself that would have you at a nine or an 8.1? What would you need to do just a little bit more to love yourself? What's the first thing that comes to your genius? Probably just forgive myself for the things that I don't get done in a day. Okay. How would you go about doing that? Struggling with that one, actually. Would you have a routine at night where you go, Claire, I forgive you for the things you haven't gotten done. Because one minute you want to be totally accountable and now you want to forgive yourself just to have a little more love. If you're at a nine and you wake up tomorrow at a nine with self-love, how would that be different when going to do the things you want to do? Well, I don't think I'd feel the anxiety of the things that I hadn't done. Right. And how would you then be able to focus that day? Clearly. And if you focus clearly, would you be able to accomplish more or less at the end of the day? More. 
So if all you do is go from an eight to a nine of self-love and forgive yourself, you'll be more focused and clear the next day to accomplish more. Will that get you more business? Yes. Yes, it will. Right? And if you did that every day for the next 14 days, would that happen faster or slower? It would happen faster. And so what would happen with this anxiety and patience? It would probably dissolve. Right. And let me ask you something. Are you doing this all for nothing? No. What are you doing this for? My why, which would be um, my family Mm -hmm. and experience and just living a full life. I truly believe that we only get one shot at this life that we have. And over the years, I've realized that I felt before that I had a glass lit on in a jar and I mm-hmm. honestly felt like I was in the jar. You had a glass ceiling. You couldn't push beyond it. Yeah. You were limited. Yeah. You wouldn't be, reach your full potential. And you had this negative outcome of not reaching your full potential, which would be this life that you didn't want to live. Correct. Since we've worked together, you've identified your purpose. You've gotten focused. Yeah. You are running a successful business. You want it to be better. You're taking care of your family. You're volunteering in the community. You're taking care of your health as best you can, even injured, where most people would just sit on the couch like me and just gain weight. And you're out there still doing the things that you need to do, running in your community. And yet I hear this place of I want to have more accountability with myself when really what I'm hearing is is you want more self-love. And by going from an 8 to a 9, it's going to give you clarity and focus. And all you need to do is forgive yourself for what you didn't get done. I think part of that, Keith, would be also from just living in a mundane situation for so many years and... Over the last few years, realizing what I'm capable of, I actually have a fear of what I could possibly do now, which is the opposite. Exactly. It's actually one of the biggest things I find as a coach, fear of your full potential. Like, oh, my God, look what I've accomplished. I could accomplish so much more. Do I want to accomplish that? Or the fear of not accomplishing it is so strong that it stops you from doing anything because you know you have this potential. So we don't do anything because we don't want to reach it because it could be fear of time, fear of no balance, but it's all fear. It's all a negative outcome. What would happen if you said to me and say these words to me, what's your opposite of fear? First of all, excitement. Great. If you were excited about tapping into your potential and were curious to see what happens, Why would that be different than fearing reaching your full potential? Because I think I wouldn't worry about always trying to achieve more. So if you wouldn't worry about achieving more, what would you be doing? I'd actually be enjoying it and breathing and seeing it through, smelling the flowers. But I feel like I'm always just go, go, go in whatever facet I am in my life and then I don't actually enjoy the moment. All right. So if you were to have a little bit of self-love and forgive yourself and stop and enjoy the moment, what action could you take in the next 48 hours would have you stopping, noticing, enjoying the moment and having a little bit of extra care for you? Well, I think I should probably start with something that you've been trying to get me to do forever, which would be just the schedule. But I'm not asking you just to schedule. I'm asking you to schedule what? Time for myself. Oh, interesting, right? So again, if you're the one that goes to Rotary and you're the one that takes care of the kids and you're the ones that goes with your friends and you're the ones that takes your clients out and you're the one that does your marketing, your advertising, and you're the one that does the paperwork and you're the one that does all everything because you don't have an assistant, you're on your own. Mm -hmm. And that's operating at a 7.5. 
all we got to do is go from eight to nine in self-love. Where would the 7.5 personal satisfaction go? Scheduling time for yourself so you can stop, smell the roses, be more effective, clear and focused and accomplish more in your business and your life. Well, I think it'll probably go more than one point. Okay. What's going to get in the way of you scheduling time for yourself? No, I'm going to do it. And another thing that gets in the way is not knowing what you're going to do. So what I do is, is I block the time mm-hmm. and I create three lists. Okay. One list is if I had a half day, what would I want to do? If I had a full day, what would I want to do? And the other one is, is if I only had a couple hours, what would I want to do? And so if I had a half day, I'd go down to Kitts Beach, get a latte, sit on a log and look at the ocean. If I had a full day, I'd get up, play golf. Then I'd go home, grab the kids, grab my wife, go for a great dinner downtown, maybe take in a play. And then I'd come home. And now it does, that sounds like, well, Keith, it was, you said your time. Well, my time for me is energized by being with my family because I enjoy being with I them. enjoy being with them. Yeah. So sometimes the me time is just what you want. It doesn't mean that it's got to be solo by yourself, right? Okay. So first thing first, you got to block the time. Okay. So today is Wednesday. Let's say by the end of Sunday, are you able to block time in your schedule for yourself? And if it was a half day or a full day, what would it be? See, because all I can think about is all the things that I should be doing in that time. I should be doing in that time. But we just discussed. We just walked it all through. You can't be focused and clear and get it done well if you don't take care of yourself. So we have to put the cart before the horse here. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. Does it it excite you? Are you inspired? Do you want to do this? Or is this like overwhelming? I do want to do it. Scale of 1 to 10, how bad do you want to do it? I'm going to say a 9. Right. And that one is the feeling that I should be doing something else. Something more what? Productive. Right. And you can't be more productive unless? You're all here. Exactly. And to get you all there, you need to? Take time. And you're not. Okay. So the next 24 hours. Okay. Can you get a couple of hours to yourself that you can do something that you like that's going to give you that clarity and re-energize? Yes. Okay. So what are you going to do? What activity, what action, what do you want to plan for yourself? You're going to stop, smell the roses, get clarity, focus. I am going to take my dog for a hike. When are you going to do it? Am I going to do it? When? Tomorrow morning. Is this already part of your daily routine? No. Okay, so this is something you're adding. Yeah. And then when you're on that walk, what are you going to focus on or what are you going to be thinking? Are you going to be thinking, what's this all for? (laughs) Maybe a little bit. Right? And if you are, which is your programming, what are you going to say? Because you have to talk to yourself here. Like this, you got to go to your higher self, Claire. You got to go to the one that knows that taking time for you is going to make your, this is the the thing, okay? That people don't understand this. And I hope people are really getting this on a deep level out there. The clarity and focus you want and the patience you don't have is all boiling down to one thing, and it's your genius that knows exactly what to do, and we fight doing it. So why wouldn't we do it knowing that we want our business to go up, the patience to go away, and our life to be better, to live your best life? And tomorrow you got to go for a run with a dog, you got to stop, and then you're going to notice it's like, oh, I should be doing something else. And you, the answer to you, so when you say to yourself, I should be doing something else, what are you going to say to fight that back? You can tell it to have off. What are you going to tell to fight back? I'm just going to try and learn to... Try? I am going to have a conversation with myself. And what are you going to say? 
I'm going to try and commend myself on the positive things that I am doing. Awesome. You know what? I just read a book called You Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, and he called it Go to the Cookie Jar. So he was an extreme athlete. And he did all these ultra marathons. And when he got to that wall or that pain, like he said, his toenails were falling off and right. Mm -hmm. He went to the cookie jar of the things he has accomplished. And he figures, and I believe it 100%, going there had created more adrenaline, which created the ability to push through. So as soon as the brain said, I got to quit, I want to stop. He was like, he'd go to the cookie jar of his past successes. So let's make your cookie jar right now that you can go to. That's amazing, actually, because... I can do that with sport, no problem. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I struggle with that with my own accomplishments through real estate. And life. And life. A single mom whose kids are how old now? Uh, tw- well, it's like, th- no, they're 12 and 16. Yeah, and they're alive. Yeah. Congratulations. Hey, you know and I failed the babysitting course when I was nine, so I'm <laughs> super proud of that. <laughs> yeah. There's lots of accomplishments. You have to fill the cookie jar. There's two jars I want you to go to. Okay. Okay. The cookie jar of the past successes. So you have to create it, right? And then the other one is of who you really are, the truth, right? You know, we've done your values. You know your why. You have to, you know, I'm a good person. I'm hardworking. I'm taking care of my family. I've had these successes. This time is for me. Smell the roses. This is what I work for. Get inspired. Get excited. Go do that. Come back and hit your tasks. And at the end of the night, Forgive yourself for the tasks you didn't do. Now, remember, Claire's already using all the tools that I've got, so you're using the four quadrants. So things are already in order of importance. So by 11 o'clock at night, if something didn't get done, it's not the most important thing unless you're procrastinating an important thing, like a crucial conversation with a client. So you got to clean that stuff up right away. Otherwise, it weighs you down. You could be on a run, but your mind's like, oh, I should be calling that person. So you got to clean these things up. It's the daily cleanups that you got to do, the crucial conversations. You can do that. Any conversations you need to have with anybody in the next three hours that will clean your mind up so you can go forward and have a great day? Yeah, there is. Good. When you leave here, have that conversation. Okay. Don't be afraid of it. Every time we lean in and have the crucial conversations, what happens, Claire? You feel way lighter. Exactly. And then you can go and fly. Right? You can soar. So have yourself uh, an amazing week coming up. It was great. And thank you for being on the podcast with me. So Claire's a great example of somebody that's been doing the work with the tools that I provide. Mm -hmm. The life wheel, the four quadrants, the work wheel, the daily focus, the daily worksheets. And uh, she's absolutely crushing it. But you all can see how Claire needs to take care of herself. So everyone out there, hold for Claire that she's going to get on that run tomorrow and stop and smell the roses. Sounds good. Thanks, Keith. All right. Take care. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Master Your Genius podcast. You can rate and review this episode on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Master Your Genius 